Hello and welcome to Life Changing Science, the BioBuilder podcast. I'm your host, Zeeshad Siddiqui, and today I'm joined by the chair of the BioBuilder board, Rebecca Millman. Rebecca has spent decades helping global companies solve critical strategy and marketing problems, including a long tenure at McKinsey & Co. She believes excellence in science education is critical not just to US competitiveness, but also to human survival, and that education is an irreplaceable support for populations currently struggling for economic independence and a higher quality of life. Rebecca graduated from Harvard with a special concentration in Soviet and American studies, then earned an MBA as a Tuck Scholar at Dartmouth. In today's episode, I talk to Rebecca about the strategic goals Biobuilder has for the future and what is being done to meet them. Rebecca, thank you so much for taking the time during a very busy Thanksgiving weekend. And thank you for having me. It's fun to have a chance to talk about Biobuilder. The first question I wanted to ask you was, when did you first get involved with Bible? I think it was right right at the beginning. And why did you get involved? It was absolutely right at the beginning. I knew Natalie from another context, and I knew a little bit about what she did and the curriculum that she had developed. I think when she started to think about really forming a nonprofit and, and making this into a movement, not just a curriculum... She asked me, because my background is in business, I have consulted to both uh, for-profit and non-profit businesses, and she said, am I crazy? And I said, I don't, I don't think so. I think this is great. And, and we went, uh, we worked with the MIT Innovation Center as well, and uh, we said, we really think that this could have impact and help form and change the way that science is taught, and that we prepare young scientists for work in advanced biology. Even though I look on the surface, if you look at my resume or anything publicly available, I look like a business person with maybe a little bit of liberal arts background. I am a scientist in my heart of hearts. I started college thinking I was going to be a neurobiologist. So uh, it, it just kind of resonated with all the things I care about impacting the world and helping my friend Natalie, and doing good on a broad scale. Coming back to the preparing uh, young scientists for work, I think uh, what I've seen with Bible, it's not just preparing them for work in a research environment, but also sciences everywhere, like government and policy and consulting, um, startups, etc. So I've given my uh, experience with Bible for the past few months, talking to teachers and students, like they're prepared for all of those different, really, really important careers, especially right now. It's science is more important than ever. Absolutely. And I guess, I, so So I had some understanding when we started on this 10-year uh, journey we've been on building BioBuilder. I, I understood a little bit about the, what I might call the art of the possible, using biology to solve real problems, bioengineering to solve real problems. I, I know much more about it now. And the more I learn about it, the more I am excited about the opportunity for this for these students who go on to be part of a, an, an excellent workforce in advanced biology and synthetic biology are really the people who are going to solve some incredibly big problems facing it sounds like an exaggeration, but it's not an exaggeration. Problems facing humanity, right? This is how we are going. We're going to use biological machines and advanced synthetic biology to engineer our way out of climate change. That's 
That's the path forward. There is no other path forward. It gets more and more exciting. And we see, we've had the joy over the last 10 years of seeing our early cohorts of students and teachers and those teacher students go through kind of the whole arc. So they come to the BioBuilder programs, they have that spark, they get really excited about doing hands-on science, solving problems with science, they go on to do an internship or uh, they go on to go to college in this and do research and then they get published. And we see in a peer-reviewed journal something that they're doing that is solving a water cleaning problem or a something in the real world. And so now that we're a decade out from the founding, we're seeing the fruition of that and it is literally a joy to see that happen. It's unbelievable. Yeah, the publication part is really cool. That was Biotrex, right? I, I've seen a few publications in Biotrex. And I think it's just at a high school level, having that exposure is incredible. I think blows my mind sometimes that uh, kids in year seven, year nine, year 10, like I didn't learn some of the things they're learning now in synthetic biology, I didn't learn until second or third year of undergrad. Yeah. It's and so as powerful. The, yeah. As the base of knowledge expands, I, I don't want to make a guess as to how old you are, <laughs> but the base of knowledge at the beginning of this field was very small, right? But the base of knowledge has expanded exponentially over the last 10 or 15 years. And so if we're waiting now until kids are mid-college level or right, or doing research at a higher education level, it's too late, right? So that's why, in fact, when we first started, so, so Natalie developed the curriculum and, and the approach that BioBuilder uses in a collegiate environment. We drove it back in a high school. Natalie, being the genius that she is, thought we have to start kids earlier. We can drive this back into a high school curriculum. Now we're actually driving it back almost to a middle school curriculum, right? And we have to, right? And what I get excited about, so, so one of the things that I love about what we're doing is that you can look at it from some different angles. It's really, it really fulfills needs on a bunch of fronts. So while we're training scientists and, and scientifically oriented technicians who understand kind of the, the lab work itself, all that, all that great stuff that can go into industry and have impact or a startup and have impact or academia and have impact and academia and startups and corporations are really excited about that. I'm really excited about is a different facet, which is that there are really interesting and exciting career paths for people coming out of even just high school, a well-trained high school grad who's been through our curriculum and has lab techniques can get work coming out of that. And that's an opportunity it's a, it's a new work pathway. It could be through community college, not requiring a four-year degree. That opens up science and work opportunities for populations in the U.S. or anywhere else in the world who might not have thought about that as the path in the past. And that's where I get really jazzed up about the workforce development stuff because it provides alternative pathways and access to new realms for a lot of folks who haven't been reached with this kind of education or career opportunity before. Bible has so many amazing initiatives. There's the club, the idea accelerator, uh, professional development workshops, etc. Uh, like how do you start to develop strategic goals for the future that sort of encompasses all of these initiatives? I'm going to start before I look forward, I'm going to look back just for a second. Perfect. So, yeah. So I, I think one of the things we did in the first decade was to really hone what's the program 
And when I say program, I don't mean one specific thing like the club or this. Or, I mean, what's the programmatic approach to doing this that works? And is it training teachers in an environment and letting them spread it? Is it training students directly in a lab, et cetera, et cetera? We, we did a whole bunch of experimentation over 10 years. When we started, it was really more about training teachers. Then we added the lab. We started training both teachers and industry and students directly. We developed the apprenticeship program and the club. And now we really, we over time, we have honed a model that we think is the model that works and it's a comprehensive model programmatic model where you start the curriculum in a school district in an area you start the clubs in that area and you sort of have cohorts who go through all of the programming and you develop your teacher base there at the same time that you're talking to the region about what the bio economy can bring to the region so that you have buy-in from not just education, but from business, local business, from uh, uh, government, from local higher education institutions like uh, community colleges with certificate programs or, or four-year colleges who see a, a continuum of education and development coming out of the BioBuilder programs that are in the high school. That is the model that we know we spent 10 years figuring out that really works, right? We would love to replicate that everywhere, right? The goal, I think, for us now to pivot, actually answer your question, is going forward. So we have the model that works. Now we need to get it to scale, meaning we feel like we've solved the problem of the how. Now we have to go and get just a lot of it going. And for us, that's about how do we find these Folks who are excited and interested in new geographies to take this on. How do we, it wouldn't be realistic to talk about this without talking about how do we fund it. There's an initial bump of effort to get the people lined up, the literally the place, like meaning the lab space, getting the hands on the right teachers to teach locally, all of that stuff takes some effort and it also takes a little bit of capital, right? So for us, we're really looking at literally a wide world of places where this could take hold and there's a ton of interest and we're trying to prioritize those and come up with what are the next three to five geographies where we really go after driving this curriculum and this model like we have done in in um in the south in the u.s very successfully so so that's that to me that's what it's about I saw that the new lab central is it, that's at the Ginkgo Bioworks in the Ginkgo Boston Bioworks. Yeah. yeah, we have the lab central location yep. and also one at Ginkgo Bioworks, which is fantastic. Yep. We couldn't be more enthusiastic about yep. being there in the space. We find that when we with our lab central lab and also with the new one at, at Ginkgo Bioworks, one of the things that is great about having a physical lab space, which we did not have at the way back at the beginning, our, but our own sort of dedicated lab space, especially embedded in a place where there are industry folks doing real work next door is that there's this nice you know you can have conversation over coffee you run into somebody in the hallway you can talk to them and even our students and the teachers we're training that come in have that exposure to that environment as they come in so so uh, yeah we're super excited about those we're, we're talking about some other locations around the U.S. as well potentially but that's a big part of the, what helps the program take hold in a region or, a, or an area. 
What else can you tell us about a few more strategic goals that you're working on right now for the next year or so? Not necessarily in a year. That would be very, very, very <laughs> the aggressive. Next, the next few but years. I would say the mid-run, mid-term. So the very heart of where this started, I referred to before, was the curriculum. Really this this idea of the BioBuilder curriculum that the it's real-world science. It's problems that are being solved today. It's not like, forgive me for anybody who had this genetics class, but, you know, like counting little fire, the eyeball color. That's not um, science that is cutting edge or... It's, it's a problem that's been solved a million times and you're sort of rotely running through that, right? So one of the things that was so remarkable about Natalie's curriculum is she pulled from scientific problems that were are being solved in real time and to focus a lab experience for students around doing science around that where we might not actually know the answer, right? Like that's incredibly exciting and cool. So, so the curriculum is at the heart of it, even though now we have all this other programming that curriculum is still the heart of it. That approach to learning is still the heart of it that we see sparking student interest. So I've taken a long walk around to answer your question, but one of the goals is, can we actually drive that curriculum across the United States into all secondary education? Isn't that a great goal? I don't think we're gonna get there in a year, just to be clear, but uh, in, in three to five years, I think we could be there. And that's really what we've set out as one of our core, core strategic pillars is how do we help drive that curriculum, that kind of problem-based learning in advanced sciences into every high school in the country. That, that's getting me excited. Again, I'll, I'll rejoin high school. <laughs> <laughs> can help right. us drive it into the high schools. Let's do it. And I think a big part of driving it into so many different schools is I think a lot of schools have now adopted online education and Zoom, Microsoft Teams. I think the infrastructure is is there for it. I I think for a lot of uh, educational companies to develop a strategy, convert a a physical curriculum that you have in the lab space and convert that online. I think that would be a major challenge uh, 2020 and 2021. And I think that would be a big part possibly of the strategy going into the three to five years. It's tough. I think it's tough. Um, If you had asked me two years ago, I would have said it's really tough and possibly an unsolvable barrier to drive our curriculum into a digital space because so much of it is about the actual lab experience. I have to like, I have to, you know, bite my tongue and pay down the bet because I'm wrong. I'm just wrong. Because when COVID hit and BioBuilder had to pivot and say, how are we going to do this when we cannot be like, there was no choice. We had to figure out how do you do it? Not in a physical lab space together. And, and Natalie and the team did an amazing job of converting that experience into a digital experience. And we delivered it over the course of COVID in a, in a digital space. So now I would say we're like, we we actually can deliver it in a real space, in a lab or in a digital space. And clearly there's always room to get better. But we were worried, I was worried, I won't speak for Natalie, but I, I was worried that there would be much more degradation of the experience by bringing it into a digital space. But um, she just did an amazing job of bringing it into digital. So absolutely that can be part of it. I think at the, at the heart of what we'd love to do is have it really be in a lab space. You know, one of the things we did in, in our Southern kind of hub we're working on that model we talked about where there are cohorts going through the high school and they go to a job experience and and there's a whole consortium of business and government and education and higher ed involved one of the things that 
we should highlight there is that it's not a big urban center, right? So it's a, it's an interesting question for us. Like, what is the solution set that works if you're not in New York or not in Chicago or not in Boston, where it's easy to put up a physical lab space? Now, the solution that happened down south was that they got funding to build a good lab space. And that's one solution. But we've really talked about quite a lot of different kinds of lab solutions that would help us bring it, again, across the U.S., rural wealthy not wealthy like we have to talk about that too school systems right things like a lab bus a mobile lab that can come to somewhere to do it right so these are all the things that we'd really like to be getting going we're not 100 percent sure of the exact model again we need some capital for that too but as we start to we're really aware of the fact that as we start, even though the curriculum is at the core, as we pull it across to different regions and different school systems and right down to different specific schools, there are going to be different issues to solve for. And we're, we're trying to think as creatively as possible about solving for them and looking for partners in, in solving them as well, because, you know, we're. I say we, I, I can't say we, Natalie and her team, very small team accomplishing a ton. So how do we expand and help drive that or facilitate others to drive it, right? If there's a, if there's a group that has a lab bus, and there are some of those, how do we partner with them so that the BioBuilder curriculum can be there? But you're right to bring it up as a question. It's quite a challenge to think about that, what do they call them, BHAGs, big, hairy, something goals, right? That BHAG of having it in every high school in the United States is also a big challenge. Thanks once again to Rebecca for joining me today. A particular topic of conversation I found really insightful was hearing about BioBuilder's tried and tested model over the past 10 years. Where you start a curriculum in a school district in an area, you then start the clubs in that area, then you have cohorts that go through all the programming and you develop your teacher base there. But at the same time, you're talking to the region about what the bioeconomy can bring to them. And this is how you get everyone involved. Local governments and local businesses, local higher educational institutes. And hearing about this model and BioBuilder's goals was really inspirational and insightful. I believe this episode will be of great interest to everyone involved with BioBuilder at all levels, as well as higher educational institutions, stakeholders, governments interested in learning more about the strategy that BioBuilders applied to become so successful over the past decade, and realizing how critical BioBuilder is in terms of building and scaling up the future of biotech education, not only in the States, but worldwide. If you would like to learn more about anything Rebecca and I discussed today, please refer to the show notes. Join me for the next BioBuilder podcast. We'll welcome another wonderful guest whose career has been influenced by BioBuilder's life-changing science. See you next time.